Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. The X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the shores of Lake Ontario, smack dab in between the city of Toronto and Niagara Falls, Ontario. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. Our website's www.exoneradiotv.com and exonetv.com. Uh, once again, if you'd like to find out what many are now believing to be the secret to UFO propulsion revealed, www.videoawaiting.com. That's www.videoawaiting.com. On that page, you will have the opportunity of uh, viewing five videos. And there's also a poll there where we ask uh, questions as to whether you think the information in the videos are real, you agree, you disagree, it's other, a weather phenomenon. There's a, there's a lot of information there, so please take your time. Visit www.videowaiting.com. My guest this hour is a good friend of the Exxon. Jeff Allen Danilik is his name. And uh, Jeff is the author of The Case for Reincarnation, UFOs, The Great Debate, Atlantis, Lessons from the Lost Continent. 
The Case for Ghosts, and we're going to be talking to Jeff this hour about his, uh, one of the things I'm going to be talking to Jeff about, I should say, is his book, 2012, Extinction or Utopia, Doomsday Prophecies Explored. And joining me now is Jeff Allen Danlick. And Jeff, welcome back to the Exxon. To you and yours, a very happy new year. Well, hi, Rob. Thanks very much. And uh, hello to everybody up there in the, in the hinterlands. The Great White North. That's mm. right. The home of Bob McKenzie. <laughs> there, I got it off. Right. I, yeah. So many good things. Yeah, listen, uh, 2012, right around the corner next year, as a matter of fact. Uh, is the debate still hot and heavy when it comes to what exactly is going to be happening December the 21st, 2012 at 11-11, Jeff? Yeah, I think it, it hasn't really toned down that much. Uh, it'll probably pick up even more mm -hmm. as we get closer. But right now, people are still uh, uh, worried about the end of time, or at least some people are. I'm not particularly one of them, but uh, it's, it's interesting to see how this phenomenon plays itself out. It certainly is going to be interesting, and I can't, you know, like, I, I predict, no, I'm no psychic. But I'm going to use my psychic prediction abilities, that is called common sense. In revealing here, live with Jeff Allen Danilik, that there's going to be a lot of charlatans out there with a quick snake oil remedies that we're going to be seeing popping up over the next year. More than we've already seen. And uh, you and I have to take a commercial break, Jeff. When we come back, let's get your take on December the 21st, 2012. How's that sound, my friend? Sounds good. All right, Jeff Allen Danilik is our special... This Hour Exonation, www.ourcuriousworld.com. That's www.ourcuriousworld.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break with Jeff Allen Danilik here in the Exxon as we come to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And visit our websites, www.exxonradiotv.com. And you can always pick up podcasts that you've missed the shows from at exonepodcast.com. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? And we welcome back Jeff Allen Danlick to the Exxon. www.ourcuriousworld.com is his website, and uh, Jeff is the author of 2012 Extinction or Utopia, as well as The Case for Reincarnation, UFOs, The Great Debate, Atlantis, Lessons from the Lost Continent, and The Case for Ghosts. Why did you decide to write 2012 Extinction or Utopia, Jeff? Well, because I think so many people are afraid of these things, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen next. And I know from my research that uh, people have predicted the end of the world many, many times over the centuries. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted people to know that uh, this is something that other people have predicted that hasn't come to pass, and they don't need to worry either. So it's just kind of my attempt to sort of uh, re- relieve people of their, their fears and anxieties. Jeff, what is the fascination with the end of the world? You would think by now, with people looking back in history, as you have done for research purposes for your new book, that they would realize that this has happened time and time and time again, and yet they still get sucked into the the hype about the end of the world. Well, I think there's always people on TV that are kind of so-called experts, and Mm. people defer to people who have that kind of uh, persona about them. And so when they come out and say, well, Nostradamus said that this was going to happen, of course, most people don't, have never read Nostradamus or have done any real research into what he actually wrote. They have no idea what, what they're talking about. And they just assume, well, this guy must know or he's an expert on Nostradamus. And so they wonder about these things. And then, again, people aren't as knowledgeable about these these predictions in the past that you would think they would be. You know, they, they might remember the Y2K. Yes and a couple of more recent ones. But in terms of going back over the centuries and looking at prophecy, it's just not something that most people have a, a real knowledge base with. Last night, my wife and I were watching a program on, I believe it was, uh, the Discovery Channel High Definition, EQ, EQHD. And it was all about Sir Isaac Newton and his predictions of the end of the world in 2060. So it seems that, all right, we're getting close to 2012, and if 2012 fizzles out, the next date that is going to be the the target date for the end of the world is 2060. Yeah, you, you never run out, because yeah. once you get to a certain date, you can always say, well, you know, that, that one didn't work, but mm-hmm. this one is really good. And, and I have never really seen anything that Isaac, you know, Isaac Newton said mm-hmm. about the end of the world. A lot of these people interpret these things um, on their own. Also remember that Isaac Newton was a strong Christian, yes. and, and, and prophecy is a big part of Christianity. 
so uh, a lot of people who are strong Christians tend to be like armchair theologians, and they kind of come up with their own dates, and they've gotten a lot of trouble doing that over the years. Well, apparently, according to this uh, special, that I this was the first time I had ever heard of Isaac Newton getting into the end-of-the-world prophecies. Apparently, he was a day scientist, nighttime, or closet theologian, that he was very interested in the book of Daniel and working with the book of Daniel into the book of Revelations. Um, looking back over time, Jeff, it seems to be something that the world needs to to do, where we need to bring ourselves together to the cusp of extinction or total devastation in order to get to the next level of spirituality, now the number of psychics that I've talked to and uh, clairvoyants and uh, New Age practitioners that I that I point blank said, well, what happens come December the 22nd and the world hasn't been destroyed as you're predicting? Well, their, their answer is very simple. It's because of the awareness that we've been able to uh, avoid catastrophe. Why do why is it, in your opinion, based on the many books that you've written on various topics from Atlantis to UFOs to reincarnation, that people are willing to accept the word of these soothsayers, for a lack of a better word, compared to the voice of reason? Well, like I said, you know, the expert's always the guy who's from out of town. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the better you know these people, the less you're likely to believe them. But if you don't know who they are, uh, like I said, people do not really study this stuff. It's not taught in school. Right. There's not a class. You can go to an high school that talks about ancient prophecy. So we don't really have a basis. And when it comes to religious prophecy in particular, for many centuries, the priest was the, the town authority. And most people weren't even literate. They couldn't even read the Bible to see what it really says. Mm-hmm. So if the priest says something... You believed it because that was an element of your faith. And I don't think that mindset has really gone away. It's still there today. In writing your book, did you come across any common threads between all the different prophecies as you know, compared to or that you found embedded in the 2012 extinction prophecy? No, this is the weird thing about this, is that I've been watching a lot of shows on TV, mm-hmm. and people are talking about how all of these different people have predicted 2012. Mm-hmm. I didn't find any of that. Um, the, the, you know, the Mayan calendar ends in December 2012. Yes. But you know, Nostradamus doesn't mention 2012. Edgar Casey doesn't mention you know None of these people mention this. But if you aren't aware of that, you just assume that all of them came up with the same date spontaneously. And, and that's what I find the most confusing is how they manage to get you to, to accept that without really giving you any evidence about it. But people still say, oh, well, Edgar Casey said it. No, he didn't. It's not there. You can look all you want. You won't find it. Isn't that amazing? What are some of the, the, the prophecies that Edgar Casey and Nostradamus and others have, have discussed throughout their, their lives or their lives that correlate with other prophecies that have either come true or have not? Well, I haven't really found anything that they came up with that seemed to be uh, echoed in someone else's Mm -hmm. uh, system. Uh, They also have kind of their own unique take on things. Now, Edgar Cayce was a strong Christian himself, so a lot of his prophecies, end times prophecies, was based on like the book of Revelation and things like that. So uh, there's some commonality between some of his ideas and what you would see in, you know, Jack Van Impey or any of these other people. Uh, but as far as Nostradamus goes, his quatrains are so uh, so generalized, uh, and, and almost, they're almost indistinguishable what they're talking about, but people can read into them whatever they want to, and that's unfortunately kind of a cottage industry right now. Hmm. I was even going to tell you, I mean, I've had, uh, uh, I had a radio interview set up that I was going to talk about 2013. The guy who was going to interview me um, is a very big advocate of Nostradamus. He's on right. TV all the time. And when he read my book and I wrote about Nostradamus that it's more just a, a sales technique, he canceled the interview. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah. So they just sent me an email and said, I'm sorry, he doesn't want to interview you because he doesn't agree with your, your views. And I thought, well, you know, there's something going on here. Yeah, so, so it's his way or the highway. 
exactly. You know, because I think that he was uh, very uncomfortable with uh, being called out on this. And I mean, this guy was is well known. He's made a huge career out of this. It wouldn't have to um, be John Hogue, would it? Well, it's possible, mm. um, but I don't want to. Yeah, go, you know, I, under, I, under, I understand, and I and I, you know what, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, but I thought that was a little yeah. bit uh, uh, off. So, what is the big thing with Nostradamus? You know, here we have a guy who lived uh, hundreds of years ago, who, like you said, was very vague, and it seems that people take his quatrains or his prophecies and manipulate them into areas that they think might, just might fit. Well, a lot of it's self-serving. For example, uh, Hitler used a lot of the quatrains mm -hmm. to, as evidence that he was uh, uh, supposed to win the war when he would use some of these quatrains. Uh, and then the Allies were using them also to show that Hitler was going to lose the war. And, of course, the quatrains don't really talk about World War II at all. But, uh, you know, if people who aren't aware of that will, will go for that and use them for their own uh, political purposes. Sounds like a bit of psychological warfare being used uh, with the quatrains and uh, the prophecies. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a, a part of human nature mm -hmm. which, uh, which I call the, sort of the magical element, where we want to believe that there are forces out there uh, that can sort of predict the future. Um, and, and we find comfort, sometimes we find comfort in this, the idea that you know, somebody knows what's going to happen, and mm -hmm. therefore there's these forces at work that are going to protect us. And we, we just, it's kind of a, a sense that we don't want to face uh, our own problems and work them out uh, our own way using common sense. You know, I've always uh, said that we, and I mean humankind, developed good and evil not only to justify the good things we do in life, but also to justify the bad things we do in life. For example, passing the buck saying, the devil made me do it, or it was an outside force that made me do it. To me, it's just a big way of passing the buck. Well, the whole uh, concept behind Christianity is that there's this massive war going on between, between mm -hmm. the forces of good and evil. And what that does is it takes a lot of the human element out of it, I think, where you start seeing uh, hum human beings as this kind of a sideline show, mm -hmm. and then the devil and God are playing all this out without us really having any voice in it. And I think that that's really a kind of a almost a head-in-the-sand approach mm -hmm. where I don't want to confront the evils out there because this is really, after all, you know, not my business. This is between yeah. God and, uh, and the devil. Well, my opinion is that we create our own evil. Well, and just the definition of evil. One it, man's evil is another man's good a lot of times. Thus we have Washington and Ottawa. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you look at the, the average mindset mm -hmm. of an Al-Qaeda terrorist, yes. I was watching this here tonight, and these people think they're doing God's work. Mm -hmm. So from their perspective, they are the good guys, and every all their innocent victims are the evil people. Yeah, and for those of you who say, all right, yes, that's Al-Qaeda, I can even use the same example, Jeff, when it comes to cowboys and Indians. Oh, absolutely. You know, here are the cowboys, they're the good guys, the cavalry, and uh, the Europeans who came over here and took all the land decimated the Native Americans and Native Canadians and we're the good guys. Absolutely. That's the way it works. Jeff, you and I have to take a commercial break. Please stand by, my friend. Jeff Allen Danilek is our special guest, Exxon Nation. www.ourcuriousworld.com and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships, not only love, but work school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com 
$1.50 per minute paid by credit card with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing. 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7, 365. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www dot xzoneradiotv.com Exonation, uh, Jeff Allen Danilik is my special guest this hour. In the first half of the show, we were talking about 2012, and uh, Jeff is the author of 2012, Extinction or Utopia, Doomsday Prophecies Explored. But Jeff has also written The Case for Reincarnation, un- Unraveling the Mysteries of the Soul. He's also written UFOs, The Great Debate, an objective look at extraterrestrials, government cover-ups, and the prospect of first contact. His book on Atlantis is entitled Atlantis Lessons from the Lost Continent. And for all you ghost uh, fans out there, The Case for Ghosts, an objective look at the paranormal. And I love the word that Jeff uses, objective. His website, www.ourcuriousworld.com. UFOs. It seems that... Well, from what I can see monitoring mainstream media, that UFO sightings, Jeff, are down. We don't hear about uh, sightings like the Phoenix Lights anymore. We don't hear about the sightings in Mexico anymore. We don't hear about sightings in Texas anymore. We don't even hear in the British tabloids uh, 
the amount of UFO stories that were once plastering their front pages. What's going on? Well, if you look at the history of ufology, uh, it goes in what's called flaps. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have periods throughout uh, the years where you have a lot of reports over a short amount of time, and then you might have a quiet period for a while. I remember back in the mid-60s was a big flap, the mid-50s, um, the early 1970s was a huge flap, and I think we just kind of finished off a, a recent one. So that's not unusual for ufology. It, just, it does seem to go by uh, in waves like that. And, and also I think people are starting to get a little bit used to it, so these mm -hmm. stories aren't so amazing like they used to be. So now people, you know, if they hear a story about a UFO, they're maybe not as likely to put it on the news because, you know, everybody's heard it a thousand times yeah. before. And unless there's something really compelling about that particular event, a lot of times people will just, uh, you know, go on to something else. Jeff, it wasn't that long ago when there was a press conference, I believe it was at the National Press Club in Washington, where a number of former Air Force officers met with the press to talk about the UFOs that apparently or allegedly had something to do with the nuclear armament of the United States. Now, what the media did not relate in any of the uh, coverage that I saw was that this is not the first time that this very same group of people tried to get their story out, got their five or ten minutes of fame, and then fizzled out like they have done before. What does this tell you, as, as someone who writes about the uh, UFOs, the Great Debate, objectively about the military or the government attachment or the alleged cover-up and conspiracy when it comes to UFOs? Well, what I notice is that um, some of the biggest proponents of UFOs are looking for credentials. Mm -hmm. And they figure that if we haul out some ex-military people, that that gives our ideas a degree of credibility. Uh, most people have never been in the armed forces. They don't know really how the military works. So they assume that if you have a pilot or somebody who says, yeah, I saw one of those things, that that's like in stone. It, it's not something you can even argue with. But people in the military are just as likely to make mistakes as anyone else is. They're just as likely to make up things as mm -hmm. anybody else is. I'm not saying that's what happened in these cases. Understandable. But I do think they haul these people out. They, they have their five minutes of fame. And then nothing happens because there's nothing there. They don't have any evidence. All they have is stories. Because, you know, the moment they found something physical, mm -hmm. they're not going to haul out people to tell stories. They're going to haul out this object and say, hey, look, we found this piece of a UFO here. Because that would be the kind of physical evidence you'd need to demonstrate it. So whenever I see these things happen, I kind of just take them with a grain of salt and say, okay, well, that's interesting. You've got some more stories. Do you have anything more than that? Mm -hmm. You know, there seems to be a lot of that happening, the lack of evidence when it comes to any aspect of the paranormal. For example, Bigfoot, with all the technology that's available today, no one has that all-conclusive photograph or piece of evidence or cadaver of a Bigfoot to substantiate the claims that Bigfoot is real. The same thing when it comes to ghosts. The same thing when it comes to uh, alien abductions, cattle mutilation. Well, I'm not saying cattle aren't being mutilated. Don't get me wrong, Exonation. But the proof that it is actually alien or extraterrestrial related just is not there. So why do people, after all these years, and, and uh, let's use ufology because that's what we're talking about, the Roswell incident to today, over 60 years, still no proof, and yet there are those who are, you know, diehard believers that UFOs from other planets, now other dimensions, and other realities are real. Well, there's, there's really two groups. We, like in ufology, you've got the people that are, they just like the whole idea. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're hobbyists, and they're interested in this stuff, and they'll believe pretty much anything. And then you've got a very small core that is actually looking for evidence. These are what I call the real hardcore scientific type of ufologists. And so all of these different things you mentioned have some evidences for them. You know, mm -hmm. For example, in ufology, you do have uh, you know, some pretty compelling radar evidence, for example, uh, where items or vehicles have been uh, 
tracked on radar, and you actually can see this. Mm-hmm. So there are things out there to support it, but the vast majority of it is, is people just like stories. They don't really care if it's been proven because they already believe it. So it's not something like they're looking at to think, to think you know, do I, am I going to believe this or not? They already believe it, and they're just looking for more stuff to reinforce their, their worldview. And this is just human nature. It, it happens whether it's the paranormal, whether it's politics, whether it's religion. You just mm-hmm. look for stuff that's going to reinforce your worldview, and you're not going to be all that objective about it because it's important to you to, to c- confirm your viewpoints, your perspective. Jeff, what is your opinion of the alleged crash of a UFO in Roswell, New Mexico? Well, I suppose I'm one of the minority beliefs. I really do believe it was a mogul balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, their evidence uh, yep. seems to be pretty compelling that that's what it was. Um, however, I think uh, there's a lot of people that will fight you to the death on this sure will. for whatever reason. Um, I write about this in my book quite a bit, about the whole problem with keeping something like this a secret and the whole difficulty of, of reverse engineering mm-hmm. and all of those elements in there. And frankly, a lot of people in the UFO community don't like my book because it doesn't just you know, reinforce their, their premise that all these things have happened. And as a result, you know, I, I, it didn't do that well. <laughs> but well yeah, I guess that is the price you pay, you know. Well, you know what? That's what the truth is all about, is, is presenting as many sides to a story as you can. And that's what a true journalist does. And that's why it's always great having you on the show, because you look at things through the eyes of a journalist. And as a former policeman, I know there's three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. One of the biggest problems I have with the Roswell, New Mexico case is the chain of evidence that Jesse Marcel broke. He went to the site, collected evidence, and instead of taking that evidence directly from the debris field back to the base, what does he do? He goes home and shows his wife and son. Yeah, I noticed that too. I thought that's kind of an unorthodox procedure. Exactly. For security. For, well, a lot of people make a, a lot of uh, emphasis on the fact that this base, this mm-hmm. Roswell base, was home to the bombers that dropped the, the atomic bomb. Yeah. And they're trying to make that connection that the aliens were interested in Roswell. But remember, this, they dropped the atomic bomb two years earlier, they fly, you know, flying out of uh, Saipan or Tinian. And this base had really no major strategic value, which is why their senior intelligence officer was a major. You know, if this was the mm-hmm. center of, of uh, everything going on, you would have a colonel or even a brigadier general in charge right. of all of this. You don't send out a major, he puts the stuff in the back of his trunk and, and takes off with it. Uh, that's just not the way you would recover an unknown no, object that went down. Exactly. The entire scenario, from a logical point of view, does not make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, and you could tell that by doing this, what, what is he doing? He's basically trying to brag to his kids. Say, yep. what, what important job your dad has. You know, and, and I mean, most guys you know, want their kids to be proud of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but imagine if this thing really was extraterrestrial, what danger he was submitting his son to. I mean, this exactly. could radiological. It could have yeah. been biological entities on it. You know, I mean... Uh, it, it was just a, 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 I mean, the guy should have been busted right there for just doing that. So obviously yeah. the Air Force didn't take this, this stuff that seriously themselves, or they would have come down on him, or you wouldn't have even known about it. If it was really that important, nobody would have ever heard about it. I also have a, uh, have a theory, and I'd like to put it to you, because, you know, you've been in this a, a very long time, and you've heard many stories, you've also looked at things from different angles, uh, and the one that I still like is the objective angle, is I believe the conspiracy is not being committed by the government. The conspiracy in ufology is not being committed by the Vatican or any other entity except the UFO community itself, because as long as they maintain and keep that conspiracy alive and well, they do not have to provide any evidence to substantiate any of their claims. Yeah, the, the burden of proof is always supposed to be on the person making the claim. Mm-hmm. So if I say I saw Bigfoot, it's, it's not up to me to demonstrate that you didn't. It's up to me to demonstrate that I did. And that's what we've gotten backwards. We don't understand 
that uh, the UFO community has the burden of proof. Not, it's not up to us to explain that the, the, the Phoenix Lights were not mm-hmm. a, a UFO. Uh, we have to, you, they have to show us how it was a UFO and why, you know, why, why it's, they think it's what it is. And that's what's really missing about the whole debate Yeah, uh, is, is this, this objectivity. You know, we offered a number of top UFO proponents to come on the show under one condition, that we could actually administrate a PSE test, psychological stress evaluator test, while they were being interviewed. And the PSC is a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. They declined. Well, I'm not surprised. Um, are you talking about these are witnesses or are these researchers? Uh, these are these are people within the UFO community who are at the top of their game. They are okay. they are very well known names. Um, I don't think anyone listening would not know who they are if I said their names. The right. only person who did, now, now I, I stand corrected, there was one person who agreed, and that was Travis Walton. Hmm. He was the only one who agreed to come on the show and be put through a psychological stress evaluator, a PSE, during the interview and have the results read or disclosed at the end of his interview. Well, now, I've, I've worked with a couple of people who are abductees, mm-hmm. and these people said... They strike me as being very sincere. Yeah. Now, does that mean they really had an abduction experience? I don't know. Yeah. But it does tell me that they truly believe they did. That's right. So as a, if you really believe that something happened to you, then you're going to pass one of these tests. Yeah, but my, my think, main thing here was that these people who, who, you know, who believe that what they are talking about is real refused. Because, you know, in my opinion, they really don't believe, but it... It's a way of making a buck. Well, yeah, absolutely. You can if you fail the test. Just imagine mm-hmm. what that does to your reputation in the UFO community. Exactly. You know, so you have a lot on uh, on the line. Yeah. To test. there's like really no advantage to it because if they pass, it's not going to really help them that much. And if they fail, they can lose everything. So you know, you'd have to make the uh, up the ante a little bit. If they passed. We looked at it as as giving them more credibility, but when well, they, they would, yeah. but, but, when, but it's not going to help their their audience though, because their constituency already believes mm-hmm. they're credible. So you're just going to confirm yeah. to their constituency what, what they already knew. So they're not going to pick up really any any new new support. It, it would be helpful certainly, but yes. it's not going to make that big a difference. You know, uh, I during this afternoon I had uh, I had an hour to kill and. I decided to spend some time with my wife, and she was watching, uh, what's the name of that show? Um, uh, Maury Povich, I think. The oh, Maury my. Show. And, and here you've got these people who were going on national television and having DNA tests done and having lie detector tests done to find out whether or not the father was the real father of their child and, and other stupid things. And, and you know, I, I said to Laura, I said, you know what, why would... Why would uh, an intelligence that can travel time and space from millions of light years come to this planet if this is what is going on here? It makes no sense. <laughs> well, you know, I address that in my book, too. Well, you know, why, were, why are they here? And I yeah. think we are just a fascinating study to them. You know, I think that they're always looking mm-hmm. at the development of different civilizations around the galaxy. They want to see compare one civilization to another, see if they have similar paths. Hey, hey, hey uh, Jeff, I hate to do this, buddy, but I've got to take my break in 10 seconds, so please stand by. Absolutely. Always a great conversation an hour with Jeff Allen Danilik, ourcuriousworld.com. Don't go away. Chill out, watch With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, 
renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show with my good friend, Earthling Rob McConnell, live and around the world on Talkstar. www.exxonradio.com Oh, you guys in production have way too much time on your hands. Oh, that was from Roswell, New Mexico. Really? Unbelievable. You guys are great. Where'd you get that from? Jesse Marcel, senior or junior? Hmm. I don't know. I, Jeff, I think that Earth must be the botany bay of the universe. <laughs> the botany bay. Well, you know, um, certainly... Uh, you think if we were ever to travel to space mm-hmm. uh, the way that these extraterrestrials can, and we came across these different planets, we'd probably want to make them almost like game preserves so we could keep things, you know, from people from interfering with it e- and e- just see what happens. Either that or put a big um, quarantine somewhere out in space saying, yeah. Earth ahead, detour <laughs> here. Well, you know, uh, that's true, and it's easy to, to make fun of, of mm. all of these people. But I think that there is a real phenomenon out there. You know, I really do believe yeah. that extraterrestrials are out there, that they are aware of us. Now, whether they're, you know, abducting people and mm-hmm. mutilating cattle and all these things, I don't know. But I do think that they are aware of us and maybe even in a way sort of protective of us. Uh, certainly want to see what we do. So, you know, once again, that, that goes brings us to biblical times. And, and another question that I ask are the gods of yesteryear the aliens of today? Well, I think that there may be some some evidences of this. However, I think it's been way overblown. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got this whole show on called Ancient Astronauts, and they just go from one hypothesis to the next in like 15 minutes. And it's like, whoa, you know, why don't you explore some of these a little more in depth? But I do think that there are some some interesting uh, writings, carvings. Uh, the the Vedas of India, for example, talk about these Vyamas, these these vehicles that went yes. through the air, and they yeah. go in great detail describing these things, uh, how they their propulsion systems and how they got through, through uh, how they maneuvered and all these things, 
which really sounds that even in order to make up fiction, you have to have some basis to work from. You know, so where do these people get these ideas for these aircraft uh, without any technology at all available to them? And so there, there's things out there that really make me scratch my head and say, hmm, I wonder if they uh, haven't been, uh, you know, showing themselves to people over the years uh, occasionally. Jeff, as always, time goes by so fast when you're with us. I want to thank you very much for joining us. And I'd like to have you back on in a couple of weeks to talk further about the the UFO connection, the ET connection, Lost Atlantis, and the other great topics that you write about. How does that sound? I would love to be back on. Uh, just enjoying it. I really thank you for having me on tonight. This has been a lot of fun. It's always a great pleasure. Jeff Allen Danlick has been my guest this hour, ExoNation. His website, www.ourcuriousworld.com. And once again, he's the author of 2012, Extinction or Utopia, The Case for Reincarnation, UFOs, The Great Debate, Atlantis, Lessons Learned from the Lost Continent, and The Case for Ghosts. Once again, his website, www.ourcuriousworld.com. Jeff will be back with us in a couple of weeks to continue this fascinating conversation and objective look. That's what I love, objective look. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, Exxon Nation. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.